Hi, my name is Crystal Trejo Green. I'm a graduate of the Oxford Said Business School and of Harvard College. After getting my MBA in England, I worked as a global operations manager at Qualtrics. I transitioned from full-time work about a year ago to spend more time with my two young children. I now work as an independent consultant covering data and operations strategy, and I serve on several boards. I first came into contact with the Latter-day Saint MBA Society when my husband and I attended the 2017 conference at Chicago Booth. We listened to successful business leaders talk candidly about how their religious beliefs helped guide them in career decisions. I made connections at that conference that helped to guide my post-MBA career path, and I have attended every annual conference since. The Latter-day Saint MBA Society was founded by a group of MBA students and alumni who are members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, with the hope of bringing together a community of business people striving to bless the world. In this podcast, you'll hear interviews with Latter-day Saint thought leaders that we hope will inspire you both in your professional and spiritual life. For more information about the Latter-day Saint MBA Society, visit latterdaysaintmba.com. And now I'll pass it over to Kurt Frankum, who will host this week's interview. Welcome back to another episode of the Latter-day Saint MBA podcast. Today, I'm chatting with Randy Shumway, who's the founder of Cicero Group. How are you, Randy? I'm well. Thanks for having me today. Yeah, for sure. So tell us, maybe let's start with the Cicero Group. What What is it and uh, how would you explain what you do or what you started there? Uh, we started Cicero Group. 21 years ago, um, uh, it originally started. I, I, uh, um, I, I was working, I, I worked for a company full time while I was in graduate school and they had moved me out to San Francisco, just a tremendous organization, had a ton of fun with them. And, uh, in early 2001 with the, uh, dot com bust, they were shutting down their offices in San Francisco, Seattle and LA. And so they offered me, you know, my same job in New York City. And I went home and told my wife, good news. Uh, we, we, uh, we still have a job. Bad news is it's in New York City. And a few months prior to that, we had unexpectedly had a wonderful young man, a 14 year old who we knew, um, uh, join our family, uh, 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 a foster child who we subsequently adopted and he sealed our family. Just a wonderful blessing, uh, wonderful, um, um, a member of our family. And, uh, at the time, you know, he'd been living with us for a few months and my wife said, we're not moving. Uh, we're not creating that kind of disruption for Ian. That'd be, that'd be unfair for him and Randy until he graduates from high school. Uh, we're just, we're, we're, we're staying where we're at, which was a little terrifying for me. Maureen and I had both gone to grad school simultaneously had borrowed six times as much money in two years as my parents had paid, uh, for 30 years and wow. mortgage. And, uh, and so, uh, you know, this was all just, you know, so foreign to us. And so I was terrified of the student debt and the mortgage that I had. And my wife said, it's okay. If we got to sell the house and, and get a small apartment, that's what we'll do, but we're not moving. He needs mm -hmm. to, he's a freshman in high school and we're sticking around till he graduates from high school. And I'm glad I followed her inspired counsel. We, we, uh, we, I called my boss, told him, uh, Hey, I'm, I can't move to New York city. Uh, so I'm going to leave, uh, um, uh, and I'm going to start a consulting firm. Uh, and I had in my mind that if I called it Cicero rather than a Randy Shumway subcontractor, that I could charge $25 more an hour or something like oh, that. Nice. So, so, so we, so we called it Cicero after Marcus Tullius Cicero and, uh, and, 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 and answer think who is my employer hired us, uh, uh, Dow chemical who had been a former employer hired us, uh, Bain and company who had been a former employer hired us and, and we were off to the races wow. a few months, a few months later, uh, I'm interviewing for what I thought was my dream job. And the CFO says to me, Randy, I'll be honest with you. I'm not sure whether you want a job or you want a client. And I thought for a moment and I had not framed it in that way. And I said, 
you're right. I want a client. Uh, and so they became our fourth client and, and we, 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 we had subcontractors working out of my house. I mean, it was a hoot for the first few years, <laughs> just rubbing nickels together. I, you know, um, uh, the phone would ring and Daniel would pick it up and say, Cicero group, this is Daniel. How can I help you? And they'd say, Oh, um, I, can I speak with Monica? And Monica would be sitting two feet away from him at the same desk, you know, that we were all working on in, 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 in my house. And he'd say, let me see if Monica's in her office. One moment, please. And he put them on hold and hand the phone to Monica. She pick it up the phone and, and take it. So we, 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 it. Yeah. We, 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 we tried to act like we were bigger than we were. And, and, uh, um, you know, fast forward 21 years later, uh, where we've been named, but you know, the last few years is one of the top 50 consulting firms in the world. One of the top five best to work for. We've got offices around, around the world, you know, with, we got one office internationally and all the others are domestic. Hmm. Uh, and, and we're having a ton of fun. That's great. Wow. What a story. And we'll, I'm sure, uh, explore that a little bit more. I'm curious, but what about your, your upbringing? Where, where were you raised and how would you describe your early faith development? I was raised in College Station, Texas, uh, and what a what a tremendous community. When you talk about my faith journey, uh, I was the beneficiary of great men and women advisors uh, as I grew up. You know, the Keith Cutlers and and. Uh, Claire and Lauren Nixon's and Joanne Cutler's and, and Steve Hatches of the world who just, you know, uh, put the Lord first. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and, um, you know, I, I remember telling my dad while I was in high school that I didn't believe in God. I thought it was a crutch. Hmm. But man, did I admire the good men and women, uh, who, who, um, loved their faith and whose lives, lives were exemplary to me. And it was that admiration. It was, it was, it was, uh, their examples that caused me to say, well, I don't believe, but I think there's something awfully positive in their lives. So let me keep, keep, asking and keep learning. And, uh, and as I did, I found answers to questions and, 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 and developed just a tremendous faith and appreciation in Christ. Wow. Uh, went on a mission, went to Taiwan, Taichung, uh, um, uh, the Taichung Taiwan mission, which was just the best mission in the world. Um, and, and that, and that solidified my, um, my, my um, my testimony in so yeah. many ways. Yeah. 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 So it, it sounds like that, that wrestle with faith, it just happened sort of in those high school years and you came out of it in time to go on a mission. Well, I mean, I, I, when you say uh, that wrestle with faith, uh, you know, I it came out of it in my high school years. I, I tend to believe if people are not, um, wrestling constantly yeah they might be being a bit complacent uh, mm-hmm. uh you know i I, sh- I shared at church a few weeks ago my my belief that the that the enemy to faith is not doubt in fact doubt's a friend to faith it, it's it it instigates you know inquiry and and sincere pursuit of answers it's it's that it's that genuine questioning that led joseph smith to a grove of trees to 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 seek answers for me the opposite of faith is fear Hmm. Uh, and 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 perfect love casteth out all fear so i i um no i'm uh, I'm always asking questions. Uh, cool. uh, you know, the, my, yeah, my faith, ju- my faith journey will never end. Uh, but, but the, but, but the, 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 the skepticism, mm-hmm. um, n- now, now, now my questions are based on a desire to find answers and a confidence that I will find answers, uh, at the time, you know, my, 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 my skepticism, uh, was that it was all, you know, it was all fooey. Uh, and, uh, and, and, and as I, as, as I, um, you know, my, my state president, a wonderful human being named Jim Olson said to me at one point during my high school years, Randy, if you'll do three things, pray every day, read your scriptures every day 
and go to church and practice your Christianity by helping anywhere they ask. You do those three things, you're going to be all right. Yeah. And I, I've, I've held on to that. Um, uh, it, 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 it's pretty simple. Uh, and yet it, 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 I, I've seen again and again, not only that, that, that technique, not only work in my life, but in the lives of others and, 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 and provide tremendous blessings. Yeah. And what would you say about your early development of your, you know, of your career? I mean, what, what did your parents do as you grew up? Uh, my dad was a professor of agricultural economics. Oh wow! Um, um, and uh, my mom was was when I say a, a stay at home mom, that's probably pretty darn inaccurate. But my, my mom just a woman of tremendous um, capacity and intellect and and energy. And uh, um, uh, my my parents were never motivated by money; they were motivated by impact by, mm. by, by, by doing good, uh, um, in, in the community. And so my mom was just anxiously engaged. She led, um, 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 uh, hospice and, and, uh, and the Habitat for Humanities and, and, um, you know, taught early morning seminary and was the Relief Society president and just all these, I, 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 I look back now and just see, um, see the integrity of heart and the strength of character of, of parents who always put the right things first mm. and, and income wasn't one of those. So, I mean, everything that I talked about, my mom, those were all volunteer. Those were all yeah. volunteer capacities. Mom had a master's degree, uh, in, uh, in, in, in nutrition. Uh, she and my dad were both the first in their respective families to ever go to college. Um, and, and, uh, you know, they, they created a legacy of, 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 the power of education and transforming lives. Yeah. And so were they influential on uh, what you decided to study or was there a point that you, know, you knew what you wanted to do when you grew up? No, my, my dad still was like, you know, I, I'm, I'm the outlier in my family. Like, like, you know, nice. most, most of my, most of my siblings are academicians. Um, uh, and, and, you know, I remember my junior year of college sending my resume to my dad and asking him for input. You know, he's, just this he's this kindest um um best human being you'll ever meet and he's an academician you know through and through so he looks at the resume and he goes oh, looks like all the details are there that are that are pertinent looks perfect and uh and i went in and interviewed for an internship with goldman sachs and the uh, person with whom i'm interviewing I'm, I'm still friends with him today great guy he looked at the resume and said this may be the worst resume i've ever looked at because <laughs> because it had it had all the pertinent facts on it yeah. but it just looked it looked lousy uh and uh and, and so no i i uh, from a very young age, I wanted to be an entrepreneur uh, and, and, and was fascinated by probably, I would say, the intersection of, 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 of business, uh, labor, and uh, public policy. Uh, yeah. and, and that continues to be the case today. Nice. So did your college uh, time start before your mission or after your mission? I, I, uh, so I grew up in College Station, Texas, two miles away from Kyle Field, which is, yeah. you know, the Texas A&M uh, yeah. stadium. I, I, I bled maroon. Uh, and it, during my <laughs> senior year of high school, I realized I didn't want to go to college two miles away from uh, from where I had, you know, lived my whole life. And so I... Uh, I, I applied to BYU, you know, I, I, I couldn't afford out-of-state tuition at any university. And so, the you know, even though BYU was truly a completely foreign institution to me um, uh, in a state I don't think I'd ever gone to before, um, um, I'd certainly never stepped on campus at BYU, uh, it, it, it allowed for a new 
experience a new, you know, a new journey. And so I, I, I applied and I, if I recall correctly, like I got on the wait list, like I barely got in. Like I think like in June, uh, they finally accepted me. I, I think Keith Cutler, had, my bishop had made a call or something. And, you know, this is, yeah. this is back in the eighties when you could do that and said, Hey, his, he's better than his GPA suggests. So, uh, um, so I went, I, 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 I went to BYU for a year before leaving on my mission, came back, spent three years at the Y. Uh, today I serve on the board of trustees at the University of Utah. And, and so there's this, this inherent rivalry between the two institutions. And I just laugh, uh, uh, because I love them both. I, you know, both, both just tremendous institutions of higher education. I, uh, my, my, um, my four years at BYU were just formative. Mm. Uh, development years. Uh, I, I, I interacted with tremendous people. Uh, I, I learned a ton. Uh, and I, 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 I really changed during those years. I, I look back at, you know, where I was headed, you know, in my early years compared to, you know, the change in trajectory, you know, through my mission and through, you know, those four years at BYU and they were, they were just categorically different. Mm. Um, yeah. B- BYU was a very transformative experience for me. Wow. So when you came back from your mission, was there a, a shift on your perspective or how you were going to approach uh, college and life and your profession or? Well, I certainly got a better GPA when I got back from my oh, yeah. mission. He learned how to study. Developed a little bit of uh, of discipline. Yeah, yeah, cool. And yeah. so you graduated from uh, BYU, and at that point, what did what did you think was next? Well, I, I, I uh, okay, yeah, good question. I, um, I had decided that in order to be successful, I had to go work for McKenzie. And um, um, I, I, I made it to the final round at McKenzie, and uh, um, um, I got a call telling me that they were not extending an offer, and I was just devastated. Yeah. Uh, and and they said when they called me, the administ- administrator who called me said, um, "Listen, don't, don't don't call the people who interviewed you. They're they're all now on projects. They're you know on planes going out to serve clients. They won't have time." And later that night, I got a call from Mark Crockett. Uh, again, uh, he's my my neighbor. He he, uh, he 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 works, you know, one block away from me today, and we still interact professionally. Uh, and 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 my only interaction with him at that point was through the the interviews with McKinsey. And Mark Crockett calls me and says, "Hey, I want to talk to you about your interview." Um, and I said, "Hey, I thought you guys didn't call people back." He said, "Randy, I liked you." And uh, I, uh, I was the one who broke the tie. Three of the interviewers said yes. Three of the interviewers said no. Uh, and so um, uh, I was leading the recruiting team. And so the final decision came to me and I said no. And, uh, and, and I wanted to call you and tell you why. And he then spent an hour on the phone with me wow. talking about where he saw my strengths and my weaknesses. And he says, Randy, I actually don't think you'd be a very good business analyst at McKinsey. I think you've convinced yourself that that's what you need to do in order to propel your career. Um, Randy, go play to your strengths. And here's what I see your strengths to be. Now, he surmised that in an hour interview. And then had the kindness to call me and articulate that. And, and also, you know, kind of the courage because, you know, he's owning. I was the one, who, you know, you, you, <laughs> we were on the fence about you and I was the one who said no. And, uh, I, 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 to this day just have enormous appreciation and admiration for Mark for, for, for having taken the time and, and having the courage to do that. Everything he said, I, I, to a T was accurate. Uh, I, I, uh, and so I, I pivoted and I, I went into uh, product and market management, uh, for Dow chemical and, and worked there for, 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 uh, for, uh, two and a half years, uh, you know, two years in a, in a summer, I guess, uh, prior to starting at HBS. And, uh, and, and I played to my strengths and, and, and in hindsight, had I gone to McKenzie, I would have been a pretty average 
to mediocre uh, business analysts. I, mm-hmm. I would have worked 18 hour days, seven days a week, you know, trying to do it. And it, it just, it, it would have been, it would have been playing to my weaknesses rather than to my strengths. And, yeah. and, and going to Dow, I was able to play to my strengths. Um, uh, you know, had some really successful experiences there uh, prior to, you know, prior to starting at, at HBS. Yeah, that's an interesting concept and principle that we often convince ourselves of a certain path, a certain journey without really considering our strengths. We think, you know, this will look best on a resume or this will get me further in the next stage of of life. And so I've got to do this path. And in reality, we, we leave out our strengths or we don't consider them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, it's interesting. I, I interned between my first and second year at HBS. I interned at Bain and company and, and for all intents and purposes, I was just a, you know, a, a, a business analyst on steroids and I'd done quite well at HBS up to that point. Uh, I'd done well at Dow, you know, prior to starting at HBS. And I, and I share that just to provide the juxtaposition. I wasn't a very good business analyst. Mm-hmm. And I would, and, 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 and here I am at, at, at Bain doing this summer, summer internship thinking Mark Crockett three years ago was right. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. like, why had I, why had I not listened to him? That this, this isn't a ton of fun. And I'm, and I'm, and candidly, I'm not particularly good at it. Uh, and, um, and so, yeah, I, I would reiterate what you just said. Uh, you know, it, it's not that you should shy away from your weaknesses. That's not what I'm saying. I mean, the, 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 the uh, work ethic that's required, you know, that I advocate for in, in professional success uh, is such that, you, you know, you just kind of take the challenges head on. But there is something to be said of find something you love, find something that you're really good at, and then just sink your teeth in it and, 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 and excel at it. Yeah. And you'll find additional challenges within that, that passion, right? And that will yeah. help you grow. So when did the idea of uh, MBA school come into your mind? Oh, I don't know. When I was eight years old, delivering okay. newspapers. So that was always the plan. Was MBA that, was all, that was always the plan. I, nice. uh, you know, like I always, uh, you know, aspired to go to, 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 to do, to do business school. Yeah. And what do you remember of that, uh, of that process of uh, applying to schools? Was it Harvard or nothing or, uh, okay, well, I, I got what you say, Harvard or nothing uh, again, <laughs> true story, true story. Um, when I got accepted to HBS, I called my dad and said, dad, um, um, Hey, I got to read this. I got to read this to you. And so I opened it up, you know, I, I, I the envelope and say, said, you know, we, 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 we've accepted you for the fall semester semester, you know, uh, and, and, uh, and there's a long pause on my dad's side and he's like, yeah, that's exciting. Uh, so, uh, what else do you have planned for the day? You know, very, very, you know, <laughs> very, very nonchalant. Right. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and the next day he calls me and says, Hey, Randy, um, did you say Harvard business school? I said, yeah, <laughs> yes, sir. And he says, he says, and what's its affiliation with Harvard University? Listen, <laughs> mind you, my my dad's an agricultural economist right. at Texas A yeah. and M University. Like he, like you know, he he knows who Harvard is, and he goes, "So what's the affiliation with Harvard?" I said, "That is the business school." So it's like, is it an extension or is it on? Uh, you know what? <laughs> For real, I'm not joking with you. And 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 I I uh, I said, "Dad, it's Harvard University." I'm I'm. I'm at Harvard University. Well, I'll be. Calls me the next day. Calls me the next day and says, so I talked to Malcolm Richards and Claire Nixon. You know, these are two buddies at at, uh, at, uh, at Texas A&M's business school. And he said, they told me that this is a big deal. Well done. <laughs> so when you, oh, say, when you say, was it Harvard or nothing? I mean, you know, my family, those who should be my biggest, you know, uh, you know, uh, champions were like, how on earth did you do that? Yeah. Uh, and, and, uh, so, so no, I, I wanted to go to business school. I, I didn't expect to get in that first time I applied. I applied to three schools. I applied to Stanford, Northwestern, and and Harvard. Um, um, I, I got a thin envelope from Stanford and a thick mm-hmm. envelope. This is back in the day when they mailed. I got yeah. a thin envelope from Stanford and a thick envelope from Kellogg and HBS, and 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 decided to go to HBS. Yeah, nice. So if you, if you're to go back in time and and 
give yourself advice on day one, you know, walking into to HBS, what, uh, what comes to mind? I mean, what, what would have helped you more to know back then? Well, I, I talked a moment ago about, you know, just being terrified by the student debt, the amount of student debt. Yes. Um, uh, uh, Maureen, my wife, was doing a master's degree in early child development down at Boston University. Um, and, and we didn't have, you know, neither she nor I had, you know, a nickel to our name. So we, we uh, you know, we had to, we had to borrow um, uh, uh, money. And one of my best friends in business school, Jared Stone, this, this guy is, you know, has, 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 has brains to spare, mm. uh, just a, a brilliant and truly enormously capable human being. Um, I, I, Jared did a better job than I did at, at embracing the journey. Mm. I was so worried about the debt that I, I, um, I didn't sleep a whole lot. I worked 31 hours a week, uh, you know, which got me health insurance, um, while I was in business school in order to defray some of the, some of the, you know, some of the debt that I was accumulating. And, and I learned a ton. I, I, again, HBS was just this exceptional experience for me, but I never went to lunch with my buddies. Hmm. I, I, I couldn't, I, you know, I went heads down, you know, pulled out my peanut butter and jelly sandwich and studied, you know, because, because right after class, I had to head to the office, I had, had to head to work. And, and there were real benefits to that in terms of the sacrifice required in terms of the, you know, the discipline developed, the work ethic uh, that, that had been so helpful. But on the other hand, I, I, I guess I was so, you know, scared of failure uh, in, in many ways, um, um, that, that I, that I, that, that I didn't, um, I, I, I didn't sufficiently just relish and embrace the journey and the experience. Yeah. And, and I use Jared as an example because I, you know, in hindsight, watching Jared, I just, I mean, he, he did exceptionally well at HBS. Um, um, but he always had time, you know, he had time for people. He had time to, you know, to develop, you know, those friendships and those, uh, you know, the, you know, go to the extra, you know, uh, um, uh, lecture and things like that, that, you know, that, 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 that accelerated his, you know, his, his learning, uh, and in hindsight, I probably would have told myself to relax a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And that's an interesting concept about debt. I mean, in our religion, religious tradition, obviously, I don't think, uh, you know, educational debt has ever been discouraged per se, but it's still just sort of these big numbers that keep adding up. And so, um, I mean, I guess it's just one of those things you, you have faith that uh, this, is, this opportunity is going to create more opportunities that will help uh, get this debt out of your life. Well, I, I would opine that not all debt is created equal. Yeah. So, um, you know, there's, there's, there's lots of educational pursuits that, that may not have the financial ROI, um, uh, that, you know, necessary to pay off, you know, debt. And, and, and so I'm not discouraging, you know, uh, you know, pursuing those, 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 um, those interests, but I am saying, you know, there's, there's some programs that I probably wouldn't incur a lot of debt yeah. to pursue because, 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 you know, it's, it's, it's hard to, to ROI those, um, uh, 1998 priesthood session, general conference, Dave Bywater and I are sitting beside one another. Uh, and, uh, uh, president Hinckley talks about, uh, um, debt now uh, and, and the consequences of debt. And, and I, I remember it cause David's, you know, elbowing me and laughing <laughs> and being like, you know, and again, he wasn't discouraging educational debt, but he was yeah. speaking in, about debt in general and, um, um, and, and it weighed on me that, you know, incurring this type of debt. I honestly thought at the time that I'd go to my deathbed, you know, with half this, you know, student debt still outstanding. Uh, and, and, and that's not true. I mean, yeah. it just, you know, we, 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 uh, you know, we, we, we tightened our belts after grad school and, and, uh, you know, and, and we're able to quickly, you know, deplete that debt. And, and man, was that a great, that probably the best investment after, second, only after, you know, uh, um, uh, that, that engagement ring, uh, um, <laughs> um, and, uh, and, and, and my mission. 
you know, probably the, the best financial investment, you know, I, I, I could have made in my life. Yeah. Talk to me about the dynamic of having a, a wife who's going to grad school at the same time as you. And, and I mean, what did life look like? How did, how did you, uh, you know, strike a, a balance or a harmony in life as you're going through that or couldn't have been better. Yeah. Couldn't have been better. We were equally yoked. Um, um, I, I remember on her anniversary, her walking into the apartment saying, Hey, Randy, I, um, I'm, I'm, I, I know you probably had something special planned for tonight. I, I got a big test tomorrow. Can we go to the library? And, and, nice. and, and, and just this relief that flowed over me. And I was like, I'm in the same boat. I'm stressed about, I'm stressed about some big exam. <laughs> Let's go to the library and hold hands. Uh, and, uh, and, 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 yeah. and, 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 and I, 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 I I've been fortunate to be just married to the most tr tremendous human being for the last 25 years. In fact, Maurice, um, um, uh, here at the office right now studying because, uh, because, because after the kids, um, 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 after Ellie was old enough, our 14 year old, when Ellie was seven, Maureen said, Hey, you know what? I'm going to go back to school and get my nursing degree now. Okay. So she started from scratch 20 years after graduate school, started from scratch, went and got her bachelor's in nursing, uh, and then was a, was a, was a, uh, a, a medical oncology nurse up at Huntsman uh, Cancer Institute. And last year she started her doctor of nurse practitioner up at the University of Utah. Uh -huh. uh, and so she's, she's midway through that. Uh, so literally is here, here in the office studying cool. right now. Cause she says, she says she gets more done if she, if she studies at the office versus at, at home. Uh, but that, but that doing that together, just, Oh, I, I knit our, you know, when I say knit our hearts together, you know, we were, we were on a common journey together and it, and, 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 uh, I was grateful for it. I was yeah. grateful for it. We didn't have kids yet. We didn't have kids oh, yet. Okay. If we had kids, that would have been really tough, but we didn't, we didn't have kids yet. And so, you know, a lot of late nights in the library together. <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh, you know, you talk about just enjoying the journey and, uh, you're wishing you maybe enjoyed the journey a little bit more at, in uh, graduate school or business school. Uh, what about in your professional life? What has that been like, especially, you know, starting a, a consulting firm and, and finding success there? I'm sure there was a lot of stressful, uh, days, months, years uh, going through that. Uh, how have you enjoyed the journey or what, maybe what do you wish you would have done better to enjoy that journey in that, on that professional side of things? Yeah, I, I, um, I, I'm in man, I run a management consulting company. I, um, um, ma management consulting is, um, really high impact. I work with the smartest people in the world. It's intellectually stimulating. Mm. It's a new, it's a new challenge every day. Uh, what we do for a living is help organizations solve complex problems and it's exhilarating. You just jump out of bed in the morning because you're excited to go to work. But the downside of management consulting is, you know, your hours are not your own. And, mm. and, 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 it, you know, it, 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 it can be rigorous at times. Um, again, I'm fortunate to, to be married to, to, to just a tremendous human being who's, who's, uh, you know, who's, uh, you know, enormously supportive. Um, uh, I, 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 I'll go back to 30 minutes ago when we started this podcast and I was talking about the founding of Cicero when she said, I don't care if we have to move into a small apartment, um, but you're, we're, we're not moving for Ian. It really, uh, it, it actually removed the burden for me. Hmm. She, she said, I don't care if you work at Walmart, you know, I, I don't care. I don't, uh, and when she, I say work at Walmart, she didn't mean in Arkansas, you know, in the, in, in, in the <laughs> yeah. corporate office, she meant, you know, um, uh, you know, um, um, helping, helping customers at the, at the local retail store down the, down the street. And that removed a lot of pressure from me. Yeah. Uh, it, it was, it was it like, like, okay, every, I, I can, I can do more than that. I can do more than that. I don't know how much more I can do of that, but I can do more than that. So there were long hours over the years. There were, there were stressful times when we would dip into our own, you know, savings account to make payroll. Um, 
you know, the, you know, the first few years were touch and go. Um, but, but I, I think, I hope that I've done a better job enjoying the journey. Um, yeah. um, you know, I, I, I've, um, you know, the advantage of this podcast is that I can incorporate faith, yeah. uh, in, in my comments. Um, you know, we've, 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 we've always tried our darndest to, 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 to contribute in our, in our wards and stakes. Um, and, and that's been a tremendous blessing for us. We've, we've always tried to, um, uh, stay engaged and, and really contribute in our community. Um, and, uh, and I, I've got five tremendous children and, and, uh, I hope really close relationships with each of them. And, uh, and, um, um, you know, it's not always easy to balance. Uh, but, 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 but you know, since we started CISRO 21 years ago, I, I think, in aggregate, we've done a pretty darn job, a pretty darn good job, you know, balancing it all. Yeah. If someone who was considering going into management consulting, I mean, what, what advice would you give them? Is it, is it maybe something that's not for everybody or what should they consider going into that? It's, it's definitely not for everyone. Uh, it's definitely not for everyone. Again, I, I, I talk about it just being intellectually stimulating and, yeah. and constantly, you know, um, 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 uh, you know, solving complex problems for, for organizations, working with really bright people. I love coming to work, but there's, there's easier ways to make a dollar. If that's mm-hmm. what your object, if that's what your yeah. objective is, if that's what your objective is, um, um, it, it takes an inquisitive mind and, 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 and an analytical spirit. Uh, so yeah, no, I, 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 again, for me, it's been a, a, a remarkably, um, a positive professional journey, uh, but I don't think it's for everyone. Now yeah. let's rewind. You said, what advice do I have? Yeah. Um, um, I, I, in, in, in ecclesiastic terms, I've spent most of my adult life as a young men's president or a scoutmaster. I mm. love serving with our, with our, with our youth. Uh, and, and, and that has resulted in a lot of those youth have grown up and now are in their twenties and in their thirties. And, and, and they're kind to me to say, Hey, can I come grab lunch with you? What advice do you have? And I will tell you what advice I give every one of them when they're in their twenties, uh, and 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 this 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 is maybe a bit provocative, and people would say, "Oh, that's horrible advice." But I give it, and I believe it. <laughs> and that is, I tell them, do not strive for balanced work life hmm. circumstances until you are thirty. The term work life balance should not come out of your mouth until you're thirty. Put wow. your head down. Put your head down, work hard, establish a foundation on which you can build long term. And when you're 30, lift your head and say, okay, now what? You know, not, not, you know, where, where do I want to recalibrate? But I, 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 you know, I see so many young people, you know, come out of college and say, okay, I'm going to achieve. Uh, you know, work-life balance. And, you know, at three o'clock, they're leaving the office and, and you're like, no, 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 <laughs> no. <laughs> um, um, maybe a little less video games at night is what we mean by work-life balance. Uh-huh. Uh, but, 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 but for the first, for the first handful of years in your professional career, you should be, you know, uh, feasting, on all of the remarkable opportunities you have to learn and to establish a foundation of, of, of long-term success and stability for your family. Uh, mm. and, 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 and sh- I, I'm 50, uh, and, and I ought to be, I ought to be pursuing a, an increased degree of work-life balance. Uh, but the, fir- the first, hand- first handful of years of one's career, I think they should be feasting on the professional opportunities that are being made available to them uh, so that they can learn as much as feasibly possible in order to establish a foundation for long-term stability uh, um, uh, for their family. 
Wow, that's that's great advice, and I can see how it might be, uh, you know, controversial at times, especially in our, our faith tradition. But I think it's helpful for someone like you or others, you know, mentors and whatnot, to sort of give permission to say, "Hey, listen, the between twenty and thirty, like your head's going to be down, and you're gonna you're gonna really, you know, get to work here and and find some success there." And I think there is this, you know, we default to cliches like, "Oh, I'm at, you know, I." I'm at my. I'm re- reading my kid a story every night to bed or whatever as they're as they're developing. But I think there's also power in having our children see us involved Work in hard. a career that where they're working hard. They're seeing an example of worth ethic, and they're seeing that their dad or mother is is doing something remarkable. That they're engaged in a good cause, even outside of maybe some traditional work or uh, church responsibilities, right? I, uh, I'll give you just a, just a handful of examples. Um, uh, I, I'm serving on the board of directors of this company. We're in Chicago at a, at a, at a, at a dinner and I excuse myself and I walk out and I'm in a quieter area, you know, down the hall. And one of my colleagues, uh, um, walks by and, and, and chuckles as she walks by. Cause here I am on my phone, FaceTiming my, my daughter, who's probably seven or eight at the time. And she and I were reading Harry Potter <laughs> Nice. and I, I travel a lot for work. Yeah. Um, but, 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 you know, you use modern day technology in order to, you know, um, um, uh, you know, in order to, you know, to stay engaged, it, it, not, not as a replacement, but complimentary. Um, right. um, and, and my kids, uh, if, if, if this were on video camera, I could share, show that, turn the camera and you would see my two daughters sitting at workstations immediately outside my desk right now studying. Oh, wow. Uh, they go, they're at West High, which is two blocks away from, from the office. And, uh, and, uh, and they walk over to the office after school and, and, and study. Um, and then we drive home together. Uh, um, I, I exercise with, um, you know, my, my, um, He's now 19 years old. He's a freshman at the University of Utah. Uh, Tyler, Tyler and I've run 18 marathons together. Uh, uh, we run and bike and exercise together. And so we get time together that way. Um, Austin, uh, my, my 21-year-old son, we, uh, uh, he, he's always been the handyman in the home. I don't have an engineering bone in my body. And so Austin will say, come on, Dad, even when he was young, like, I know how to fix this. And so he'd sit down and he'd fix it. And I'd, I'd be the one to hand him the, the screwdriver, uh, and, uh, and, and do it alongside him. So I, I, I think, I think doing things in it together, you know, I, when we talk about work-life balance, I never came home from work and dropped on the couch and watched TV ever. I never saw my dad do that either. I mean, mm-hmm. he was a great model of, in, in that way. Um, now, on a Saturday afternoon, I'm watching a good college football game, <laughs> but I'm doing that with my kids. But I'm doing yeah, that yeah, with my kids. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but 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 every every you know, when I am home, I'm home. And yeah. I'm I'm fully engaged to the point of where I take my cell phone, and I and I plug it in uh, to the charger in the drawer, and I shut the drawer. Uh, I do it with my church calling too. I've I've got a, a, a marginally uh, time intensive church calling uh, right now, and I'm 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 very consistent that at three o'clock I'm done for the day. Uh, I go home, uh, I change clothes, and I put my phone in the in the drawer, and I. I go, we go play board games. Uh, la- this yeah, last yeah. Sunday, this last Sunday, we went um, um, snowshoeing. Uh, we got, you know, snowshoes on and went up in the mountains and snowshoed. And, you know, the dogs running around, we're throwing snowballs at them and we're talking. And then we went home and played board games. And, and I got, you know, more than a handful of church calls, you know, during that period of time. And, and, yeah, it, they waited, yeah. Yeah. you know, they, they, I, I could get, I could get to those on Monday. Yeah. Oh, that's really, really helpful. Great perspective. Um, talk to me about just, you know, you mentioned earlier your involvement in some higher education with the University of Utah. And how, how has uh, this sort of stage in your life has higher education remained a, a passion in your life? Well, uh, higher education is, um, is the doorway to opportunity. Um, uh, you know, if, if we're going to, ch- uh, you know, conquer some of our, you know, economic and social disparity. I think a, a lot of the way we do that is is through higher education, and 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 not just improving the access, but improving the outcomes. And um, so, yeah, um, um, 
you know, uh, 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 when we moved to Salt Lake City, um, um, uh, uh, there's some opportunities to teach up at the university um, uh, that, that 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 were a ton of fun, and uh, and so that 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 began a process of me being you know pretty involved up at the University of Utah, and 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 today I, I serve on the trustees among another a number of other you know responsibilities that you know um, you know to, to to help further higher education here in the state. Yeah. And just like, you know, most industries, you know, as time goes on and technologies are introduced and whatnot, there's some disruption in, in industries, right? And what, what should people consider? Um, you know, cause I think in the nineties and eighties going to graduate school or, you know, higher education in general was just sort of the thing you did and you didn't question it, but now it's maybe it's a lot, a lot to consider. So what do you see with the, the future of higher education? What should individuals consider uh, who are con- wanting to be involved in higher education? Yeah, that, that's a that's a it's a complex question. Um, uh, I I think we need some structural change in higher education in order to better serve um, our disparate populations. With that said, it's still that. Despite all the improvements that higher education needs to make, it's still one heck of a valuable investment. Hmm. So I, I, when people hear about the problems in higher education, I think some of them say, oh, maybe I shouldn't go. Au contraire. No, go. Hmm. Go um, uh, pursue higher education. Uh, don't, don't, don't let perfect be the enemy of good. Uh, we still have in the United States the best higher education available in the world. Now, there's things we need to do to improve it. There's things we need to do to improve um, um, uh, access and outcomes. Uh, there's things we need to do improving teaching so that we're better developing system-level thinking capabilities among our students. We need to better align with workforce demands, do a better job forecasting and, and synchronizing with those this knowledge and skills that people are going to need to continue to succeed over the next 50 to 100 years. But with that said, despite all the things higher education needs to do to get better, it's still one heck of a smart investment. Hmm. Go to go. go. Go get your degree, uh, and and I would say go get your undergrad and get your graduate degree. Uh, it, it it it's rare that that's uh, that's an investment that won't pay off. Yeah, that's 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 good to hear. And now you've been involved in uh, in homelessness as far as finding solutions for homelessness. I know in you know along the Wasatch Front that can be a heavy heavy issue. Um, and so what what first got you started in in approaching that and seeing how you can help. <laughs> So, so, so I'll, I'll go backwards for a moment. Um, I, I, so I serve on the state's homeless board. Um, uh, prior to that, uh, we, we kind of had three different initiatives um, that were separate. Those have been now rolled up into the state homeless board. Uh, but prior to that, there were three separate initiatives. One of which was called the Dignity of Work, and and I chaired that uh, that commission. Um, uh, and so, uh, so, so my involvement today in in the surrounding homelessness is 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 much on the policy side, but still very much I hope on the boots on the ground side. And that started 12 years ago. Uh, um, um, uh, Spencer Eccles, uh, you know, uh, hosted a, a small group of us uh, once a month to have breakfast. Uh, and to just talk about, you know, uh, business and policy and, uh, and public policy here in the state of Utah. Uh, and, uh, and one month he invited Pamela Atkinson, uh, to come speak to the group. Pamela Atkinson is the Mother Teresa of Utah. She yeah, she's is, awesome. she is the advocate. Um, for the marginalized, the vulnerable. I love Pamela Atkinson. And she said, this was December, and she said, I'm looking at each one of you, and I will tell you that if you believe that going to the road home and buying a few blankets and dropping off a few coats 
has 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 alleviated the burden these individuals feel you're not doing nearly enough and i felt reprimanded because what she said was precisely what our family had just done and i had kind of taken taken my checklist and gone oop did i do a charitable thing this year yes check move on to the next thing right let's let's go christmas shopping for the kids and i felt chastised and so i went to st vincent's de paul it's the catholic community center and i told them um we wanted um uh, we wanted to, to serve a breakfast. I wanted my family to be involved. And the woman said, great, we'd love to have your family involved. Um, how old are they? And I said, well, the youngest is two. And she took a big gulp and she said, yeah, they have to be 16 or over to work in the kitchen. And I said, is there any way I can get you to make an exception just once? She hummed and hawed, and I said, what's your biggest need in the kitchen? She said, man, we could sure use a commercial oven. I said, I'll buy the commercial oven if in return you'll let my family um, uh, prepare and serve the food one week. And if it doesn't work out, I won't bring my kids again. And we did that 12 years ago, and we've been doing it every month ever since. Uh, it worked great. It worked great. My two-year-old, my two-year-old, who's now 14, we would put her on milk crates uh, so that she could stand tall enough to be at the serving station putting, you know, plasticware on the trays as, as they go by. Um, and, um, and subsequently, we've been able to work with, uh, with the Catholic Community Center on the second Saturday of every month. That's become yeah. our Saturday. Uh, and, and it's been just a tremendous opportunity. Our family also lives downtown Salt Lake City. Uh, so uh, we live in the in the heart of the city. There are three recovery centers uh, with in our ward boundaries. Um, uh, the the other side academy is in our state boundaries, um, uh, and, and and it results in us being able to know and love and work with uh, a number of women in particular who. Um, who have embarked on the journey of recovery. Uh, and so, so we're, we're able to see the challenges of homelessness from a policy standpoint, but more importantly, from a very personal standpoint of, 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 of people's journeys of recovery. Yeah. Wow. So what, what advice would you give to maybe an established uh, professional who's, you know, they, they have means or they have, maybe extra time they're they're past that 30 year old mark where yeah. they're maybe looking for more purpose i mean what what are two or three initial steps that an individual could take in their community to really uh address homelessness or or you know do it some good um i'd start simple on things that you can do consistently um well, one of, one of the things we call it homelessness, but it's we're we're actually framing it inaccurately, I believe. Um, uh, the chronically homeless, and there's there's different types of homelessness, but the the chronically homeless with almost ninety nine percent or higher consistency are struggling with mental health and substance abuse challenges. Now, often those occur over time. Um, um, you know, somebody, you know, is fighting depression or anxiety and they can't get into a psychiatrist and they start self-medicating. And then that downward cycle begins. Mm -hmm. um, um, uh, and, and so I, I, I think I think understanding the root problems of mental health and substance abuse being core to these challenges helps uh, people realize that, that that helping in the mental health realm and in the substance abuse realm has tremendous impact on 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 reducing homelessness. Yeah. So how do you help? Uh, maybe it's by just you know reaching out and helping your next door neighbor who's 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 fighting depression. Uh, maybe it's being a mentor or a tutor to that 14 year old young man or young lady who, um, who, you know, is, 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 you know, experiencing, you know, um, um, you know, feelings of depression, of insecurity, of, of OCD, of anxiety. Um, 
and and taking the time to care for them uh yeah honestly so we, so that we're preventing this pipeline um uh, you know that's occurring in the future another's education you know go volunteer at your school go read to kids um um, yeah, one, um, um one, one of my dear friends I, I i've i've been her bishop i've been her ministering brother i love her um i conducted her funeral last week Hmm. Five and a half years sober. Um, uh, her battle with heroin began through self-medication uh, um, because of 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 of, of um, very real pains of depression. As I was writing her um, her her obituary um, and visiting with her loved ones um, and learning more about her. Um, um, she, um, uh, she never graduated from high school and, and, and I, 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 I thought again, I'm not, I'm not, this isn't, this is correlation, not causation. Yeah. Uh, but, but I am saying there is a, a, a pretty significant correlation between, you know, those, those young people who can't read, um, um, and then not succeeding later on in school, thinking they're dumb when, when maybe, um, the issue is that, that they're dyslexic or maybe their parents don't read or maybe English is their second language. So helping out in your classrooms, really helping out, not mm -hmm. just occasionally, really helping out in your classroom. You're doing a tremendous amount of good in preventing the, this future pain that, that people experience in homelessness. Wow. And then, and then, and then directly to the homeless population, never, ever, ever roll down your window and hand people a dollar bill. Um, um, that actually does more harm than you could ever imagine. And that, that's not ideological. Pamela Atkinson says that all the time. She's like, mm. please, please. Do not give them a dollar on the street and, and assuage your guilt and feel like you just did good. You just did something really bad. Mm -hmm. um, um, but, but contributing to the local service providers, the Catholic Community Center, uh, the VOA, the Volunteers of America, the, 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 the road home, um, um, there's just tremendous service of, uh, uh, um, providers who are on the front lines helping people. Uh, go donate your time, um, your thinking. Your, 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 your resources to helping them because they, they, they can use all the help they can get. They're on the front line, you know, just doing their darndest to help these individuals increase in human dignity. Wow. Wow. Those are such uh, helpful perspectives that hadn't considered before and, and, uh, and really, really motivating. I appreciate that. Anything else related to homelessness that uh, we haven't hit on that, that you want to make sure? No, great cover? questions. Cool. Great questions. This this is a topic that matters to me. Um, um, you know, I, 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 at my core, believe that true Christianity is 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 advocating for and 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 helping the the vulnerable and the marginalized. Um, uh, this is this is. This this is where you know we're, we're putting our Christianity to action. Yeah. Well, Randy, this has been uh, so insightful. I've enjoyed this conversation and hearing these stories and um, gaining new perspectives. I, I really really appreciate that. If people want to learn more about your your company or or you or whatever, I mean, is there anywhere you would want to would send them? Oh, hey, thanks for putting a plug in for Cicero Group. Yeah, That's we're right. recruiting. We're recruiting. Nice. Um, um, you know, anybody who's at Bain, McKenzie, BCG, come over to Cicero. We need you. <laughs> um, no, joking aside, uh, CiceroGroup.com. It's C-I-C-E-R-O-G-R-O-U-P.com uh, is our is our company website. And uh, and yeah, we're always we're always in the hunt for great talent and we're always in the hunt for great clients. So e either e either one of those we would anxiously embrace. Yeah. The last question I have for you is if, uh, if you were in a room full of uh, Latter-day Saint, uh, you know, MBA students, young professionals, even established professionals, what final encouragement would you give them? Oh, it'll sound trite, but, but I, I really appreciate Elder Utdorf's admonition to lift where you stand. 
wherever you're at in life, roll up your sleeves and help. Um, uh, maybe I, I remember in business school uh, uh, putting away chairs after a state conference. And Maureen grabs me, you know, by the arm and goes, Who, who's that? Man, he is handsome. Uh, and, and I, and I looked at her with incredulity and was like, that's Mitt Romney, Maureen. You know, and this was, this was before Mitt Romney was Governor Romney or Senator Romney or, uh-huh. or any of those things. Uh, and, and, and then she says, Oh yeah, I should have noticed that he, he's, he's handsome like Matt, you know, who's, who's, who's uh-huh. one of Mitt's sons. And I, and, and, and I didn't mind her, you know, um, um, throwing these compliments, uh, you know, about a 50 year old man. But then when she said, Oh yes, he looks just like Matt, you know, who is my peer, then it, then it hit close to home. But, but, but joking aside, I, I, um, I, I, I referenced that because when we were in Cambridge, um, um, you'd see the, the Mitt Romneys, the Clay Christensen's, the Steve Wilwrights, the, the Roger Porters, the greats of the greats, you know, all just, you know, helping. Uh, uh, putting up chairs, you know, uh, uh, taking down tables, uh, uh, you know, ushering, you know, as people came in, uh, you know, um, um, you know, bring it, bring in, you know, a casserole to somebody next door because they needed something. And, and, and that sent a really good model for me. Of you don't need to, you know, serve in high profile ways. And it's just, just, man, you've been, if, if you've been able to go to business school, you're doing well professionally. You've been awfully blessed. A lot of responsibility comes with that. Roll up your sleeves and help out. Anywhere, anywhere, just lift where you stand. Thank you for listening to the Latter-day Saint MBA podcast. Check out the show notes for more information about our guests and visit latterdaysaintmba.com to find details about the Latter-day Saint MBA Society.